Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Minglaba, Opa Adam. Minglaba. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard that one before. Come on, take a guess. Which country? I'll give it to you. Southeast Asia somewhere. Minglaba. Yeah. Is it Malaysian? Uh, it has an M in it, yeah. <laughs> the hell's that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, in the, country, in the country's name, it has an M in it. It has an old colonial name and has a new name, government name. Are you talking about Vietnam? Ah, Myanmar, Burma. You're close enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's hello in Burmese. Minglaba. Minglaba. Well, oh, okay. I'm probably just saying, pronouncing it wrong, but it's, it's somewhat like that. <laughs> <laughs> at least if you're going to try and introduce some new language to me, at least get the pronunciation right. <laughs> Look, I'm trying my best to speak as many Asian languages as I can, okay? <laughs> so hard on me. Anyway, uh, on Asian news today, <laughs> we're, yes. we're going to have stuff about spooky Japan and cheeky monkeys in India. We are. Yes, we do. And um, we've also got a special story in Ponder Ponders. Ooh, what are you pondering? Do you want to hear about it? Yeah. So it's about where, something I've been thinking about lately. What's going to happen to all that undrunken beer? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's it's criminal, man, is what's happening Yeah. all that beer. Pubs are closed? Yeah. Heaps of beer just lying around. But pubs are slowly open up. Slowly. Yeah, but there's still lots of beer. Yeah. In surplus. Yes. And probably going stale. Yes. That is so sad. Okay, I can't wait to do that one. Good. <laughs> and in Secret Asians, Asian-ish, we have two individuals which we have not told each other. So we're, it's going to be like a game show again. Right. Yeah, 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 it is. It is. And, and more about that later. So first of all, we're going to kick off with Asian news. Yes. Have Unexpected gonna, Asia. Have you got something to share? Yes. So for my unexpected Asia, I have decided to get away from the North Korean and South Korean peninsula <laughs> and instead go to Sri Lanka. With all this uh, relaxation of laws, yep. laws, I think we'll be able to travel again. You reckon? So, I, I reckon. I reckon. Uh, maybe in about 12 months time. <laughs> But still, people should be preparing where they want to go next and also dig up some information about the country. So we could put, we could technically have like an Asia advisory travel uh, uh-huh. podcast now. Like where you can and can't go. <laughs> and what you can and can't do. Yeah. And yeah, some cultural norms and all that sort of stuff. That's right. So if I any- like it. Yeah. So if anyone's thinking of going to Sri Lanka... Please do not expose your tattoo of Buddhas or anything to do with uh, anything religious to do with Buddha, ah. because over there apparently uh, you can't deface Buddha. Um, so it's quite it, they're, they're very respectful of yeah. uh, uh, Buddhism. I think like you know seventy or ninety percent of the population are Buddhist. Yeah, yeah. For an island like Sri Lanka, the population is about 21, 22 million people. That's pretty much Australia. Really? Yeah. That's huge. I know. For a tiny island. And Australia is like massive. Yeah. 
yeah so if you do go there um if you want to take photos of buddha and um, any statues apparently um don't pull faces uh so when i went over there my friend uh, her family are sri lankan they told me whenever you take a photo you you face buddha and not the other don't turn your back yeah, yeah, yeah. You should never, respect. Yeah, you should never turn your back on Buddha and you shouldn't show him your feet either. No. Because he doesn't want to see that like dirty calluses and no. healing skin and stuff like that. Yeah, and you have to cover your shoulders as well. Yep. 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 So those are some top tips. I like how you transition like Myanmar, Burmese at the start of the show and then you go to Sri Lanka because Myanmar is quite a Buddhist mm. um, country as well. That's right. Beautiful temples and like some great devotions to Buddha of, of people building... Um, temples and statues and all sorts of things. Yeah, so the Buddhism, which came from India, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's had a great influence across that entire... The continent, yeah. Yeah, Southeast Asia. And actually, um, China as well. China, there's a lot of Buddhism. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Buddhists in China too. Mm. Yeah. So what's on your news, hey? Um, my news, uh, where to start? Um, so I've got some interesting news about Japan again. Spooky Japan, right? Spooky Japan. <laughs> Japan's great. Like there's always so many good stories that come out of Japan. Kooky and spooky Japan. Ko kooky and spooky. <laughs> um, so when they're not being crushed by like tidal waves and earthquakes and tsunamis, oh, gosh. Um, they're, they're being crushed by COVID. But apparently like um, as of the 25th of May, you know, Japan has started to open up again. Which is great news for their theme parks, <laughs> and they have some great, some great theme parks in in Japan, and um, it means, but it means it'll be a lot quieter than it was before. So, um, in an article at the end of May that that, that appeared in the J uh, Japan Times, they were saying that um, a group of these theme park operators have released some guidelines about what's acceptable behaviour in a theme park. And but they didn't have that beforehand. Well, I, I don't know, like. <laughs> Who knows? What goes on behind closed doors is best not spoken of. But, um, yeah, according to this new sort of um, uh, set of guidelines that, um, you know, they could they could safely open up these theme parks again, but they had to, you know, take into, um, into advice around what to do off the back of the pandemic. So, for example, like when in the haunted houses, mm. like where the spooks like come up to people and they uh, like shake them or they, fright, or they scream out or they, they frighten visitors in this haunted house. Um, they had to still stay a meter and a half away from them, so it didn't really have the the same kind of tormenting effect. Um, it, but it also flows through to other parts of the park. So, <laughs> okay. like for the mascots, you know, the people that get dressed up in the in the uniforms and all that sort of stuff, no hugging allowed. So, still the one point five meter exclusion oh, zone. So, but that was the best part of having uh, a mascot. You still I, hug them. I know. So you have they they were giving people the cold shoulder. Oh no. And so you know, no allowances accepted even for you know taking selfies for Instagram. And um, the last one, which is pro probably the most traumatic of all of these, is for the patrons themselves. Um, when they ride on the roller coaster, they're not allowed to scream. No noise. So they can't breathe. <laughs> not, allowed to, not allowed to make any noise because if you scream out, you, the chances are you might spit something out and people could get infected. From airborne disease. Airborne disease. So <laughs> what, fun, what fun is going to a theme park if you can't... Hug the mascot. If you can't be scared by the spooky person in the haunted house. And you can't scream. And on the roller coaster, can't scream. That's ridiculous. Not good enough. Not good uh, enough. That is not enjoying myself because, you know, if I'm scared or if I'm enjoying myself, I want to make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, that's not going to happen in Japan. <laughs> what have you got for us today? Well, I got something cheeky as opposed to kooky and spooky. Uh-huh. Come on. Now we're going back to India. India again. India, yeah. I'm, I'm all about India and, not, uh, not, and the subcontinent. Yeah. yeah, the subcontinent. Okay. So monkeys have stolen some coronavirus blood samples. 
what the hell? Yeah, so these lab guys, you know, they'd just done their job, you know, taking some, um, you know, positive coronavirus patients. Uh-huh. And they were on their way to, you know, test it out and probably make the vaccine from this. Yeah. And boom, you've got the monkeys who have just decided that uh, due to ISO and there's no humans around for a change. Even monkeys? Yeah, it's like the uh, Planet of the Apes. It's got, yeah. you know... It's pretty much like Planet of the Apes. The apes have just decided, we're just going to roam free Take now. over. And take over and take this, you know, these tubes of red stuff. <laughs> and so the doctors are all a little bit concerned. They're like, we don't know whether it will spread back onto an animal again. Oh, man. So like human interaction, like humans interfere. Yeah. Oh, God. Does the full food food chain, right? So it's kind of like a bat to that mystery animal, apparently. Yeah. Um, the, the vehicle. To human and now potentially to monkeys. Back to monkeys. Poor monkeys. I know. I feel sorry. But but then monkeys also, was it monkeys or chimpanzees that gave uh, HIV or AIDS? Yeah. Somebody had sex with a monkey. That's yeah. how it was transmitted. Oh, Grace. Oh, no, was, <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I, I hope maybe they got bitten instead. <laughs> Or sprayed by blood of some description. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to imagine the, uh, that scenario. <laughs> Humans have potentially given coronavirus back to the monkeys again. It's a circle of life, really. Yeah. A, uh, so t- talking about how how humans got AIDS and like someone having sex with a monkey. There's a brilliant. There's a brilliant Ricky Gervais skit on that. Oh, you there? Um, in one of yeah, in one of his programs, you should you should look it up. You should definitely show it to me. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Oh, so this week on um, Ponder Ponders. Uh-huh. Well, actually, more like Ponder Beers, right? Yeah. I hear a crime has been committed and there's a surplus of undrunken beer in it Australia. Is, it is a crime. It's just bad planning. Just just terrible, terrible is planning. Is this in Australia or around the world as well? Well, it probably is outside Australia, but it has been heavily reported within Oz. Um, that apparently there's um, millions and millions and millions of undrunken schooners going stale in pub cellars because that is obviously, yeah, obviously a lot of pubs closed because of yeah. coronavirus restrictions and that sort of happened in, in late March. But it's estimated that over 90,000 kegs of beer, which is more than 10 million schooners, will need to be emptied by the companies that own... The, the kegs that make them. So Lion Nathan being one of the big ones. 10 million schooners. schooners of beer. That's a lot of beer, right? Couldn't they just give it for free and say, hey, look, uh, community, uh, on this day, we're going to dump X amount of cartons here. Just come and collect. Well, I was thinking about that because it's actually quite a lot. It's, you know, it's worth a lot of money, right, mm. as well. And there are quite a few people in Australia at the moment that don't have enough money and that can't afford to eat and have all sorts of, you know, challenges of being unemployed or whatever. Yeah. And think about, like, think about the international students, right? Like the ones that don't qualify for JobKeeper or job seeker mm. that are here on um, student visas that can only work up to 20 hours a week and usually work in like hotels or restaurants or, or bars or things like that with casual sort of labor. Mm. Those None of those guys qualify for the JobKeeper payments. Mm. And um, I, I just, I was on a call this morning where I heard that, um, that um, Oz Harvest have actually set up some donation stations so that the international oh, yeah. students can go there and get some food. Yeah, because not these places. all international students are crazy rich Asians. I know that, and that's, that's one of the probably stereotype we and, need to break. and that's probably one of the big assumptions that the government's made, which is mm. really ill-informed. 
um, thinking that, you know, if you come to Australia as an international student that you have lots of money and that you're a crazy rich Asian or whatever. And and so anyway, a lot of these students that don't don't have enough money to feed themselves, they've lost their income and they're paying these um, exorbitant university fees that can be, you know, up to four times what a domestic student pays. And grocery fees. Now, do you know how expensive uh, bananas are these days? As yeah, well I know. As- like price tomatoes. Gou- <laughs> price gouging big time. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so I had this idea and I thought, well, you've got all this undrunk beer and, and you know, who loves beer more than students? You know, students love beer. I love beer. <laughs> I, like, I like beer as well. But like thinking back to my university days, I did consume a lot of beer compared to how much I, I drink You look now. pretty good for uh, your old age, you know. <laughs> so I thought, well, what... <laughs> Thank you. So I thought, well, what, if, what if we did a beer amnesty and we said, like, we'd, we'd give it to unemployed foreign students... And they could come and they could like have some of this beer, you know, just put a keg on tap down in Darling Harbour or whatever. And But there'll be some guidelines, right? Because we don't want unruly behaviour after drinking copious amounts of water. Not water, <laughs> copious amounts of free beer, beer. Or free beer. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's good. That's a good idea. The, the, good the, idea. the other idea I had was like have a, like this, now that restrictions are sort of opening up a bit, we could have like a whole huge like get back to business party like a street party yeah, or something like that party. to celebrate. Yeah. yeah. And it could be sponsored by these breweries that have all this excess beer to get rid of. Yeah. And then the last idea I had was like having a virtual beer fest. So you could have this call where people dial in and we could try and break the Guinness world record for the largest amount of beer consumed online in one simultaneous sitting. I think that could be a goer. And Australia could like, if, if only Hawkey was still around, Australia could challenge <laughs> other... Other Australia could challenge other countries and we could have like an online beer off <laughs> and you could like, you have a stopwatch or something like that and you have like a virtual boat race to like how quickly. <laughs> what are we trying to do here? This is, this is trying to, uh, what, what are we Well, encourage irresponsible drinking. drinking. <laughs> well, not really, but it just seems to be such a waste, right? It is such a waste. 90,000 kegs. So does that mean that uh, this is all going into the sewage, which is then going into our waterways, which is then eventually going to rivers and then the Maybe. ocean? I, d- I don't know how it's getting treated. I think yeah. some some breweries might take it back and like do something to it. They said recycle. I, I heard one. I don't um, like the sound of that. Yeah, media article saying that. Oh yeah, uh, this particular company in Australia is actually uh, collecting all the stale beer. How do you recycle beer? Exactly. Uh, how do you recycle beer? I mean, reverse fermentation or something. So you know how there's like. Um, uh, double smoked ham. This yeah. kind of like double filtered double barrel, beer. Double, ba- double, barrel. Filtered, double barrel filtered beer. I don't know how that's going to taste. Uh, yeah. Is it going to be stronger, do you think? Or uh, just a little bit staler? I don't know. There's too many beers available now. Like, I was just thinking about, I was talking to a mate about this the other day. Mm. Like how much, how many boutique craft beers have made it into the Australian <laughs> market? And it's just done something stupid to the price. Like yeah. if, I don't know if... I don't know if you're a big consumer of beer, but like you go to like one of the um, uh, the liquor shops like to get some takeaway or whatever, a six pack of beer now costs like twenty four dollars. It's like half the price of a a case of beer. Yeah, so you might as well buy the whole case. Yeah, I know. What what's the deal with that? Efficient. Yeah. I, I, actually, I have a really proud achievement as well. I bought one of the last um, cases of um, Singtao beer last. the other day from um, Dan Murphy's. And I thought I should buy this. It should be a collector's item because you know how Australia's <laughs> got that, like that um, d- trade dispute with China at the moment over, over barley. Yeah. And um, now uh, China isn't buying any Australian 
barley anymore. That's true. And so the borders I, are closed, but I'm not and sure. And the borders whether... are closed. So maybe I've got one of the last cases of uh, you should hold on to of Singtao that well, I'm slowly consuming my way through oh, it. Oh, I thought you were going to hold hold the entire case. It'd be worth quite a bit later on. Maybe. Aged Singtao. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can wait that long. <laughs> maybe I'll keep the bottles. Yeah, so during this whole period of shutdown, um, a lot of companies and businesses were affected, industry in general. And I think yeah. the seafood industry was another one. They yeah. had this, a surplus of fish. Right. And yeah, so some of my friends have been going down to the fish markets because um, this one particular um, uh, supplier, a yeah. jo- a Joto Fresh, I think, they were so lovely. They were giving out free fish packages to uh, hospitality staff who have been yeah, stood wow. down during the period every Thursday for... Uh, eight weeks straight. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I saw what they got and it was some pretty impressive stuff. They would get like a whole snapper. Wow. Yeah, condiment to go with it. And then yeah. salmon fillets the other week. Uh, wow. Pippies. So pretty much whatever they had ac- uh, access to, they just gave it out to all these um, poor staff who, you know, yeah. may or poor may not. workers. Yeah, exactly. Who may or may not be on JobKeeper because majority of hospital workers are on casual, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. can't get it. So good on you, you know, small businesses out there supporting all these workers yeah, yeah. during this really tough time. What a heartwarming story. I know, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and now I suppose we better get on to our secret Asian, Asian-ish. What's the password? Captain Bagrat. Come in. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you want to go first or you want me to go first, huh? Uh, I'll go first. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So I've got a um, a secret Asian celebrity. Celebrity, I should know this person then. Maybe. Possibly, this is going to test your skills. Oh no! Um, so this person, I'm going to give you a series of questions, and you've got to do your imaginary buzzer again. Bang your fist on this the table, didn't go yell down and very scrout. Well last time with dummy again, dummy. I'm so sorry, but I love you. <laughs> so you didn't get it until <laughs> the very end. It was just horrendous. <laughs> Okay, so this person was born on the 31st of December in 1943 in Scarborough, Yorkshire. Okay, so this person is now about 70, 80. <laughs> yep. So this person, this uh, this person's father was Kenyan-born medical doctor of. I'm going to mess this up. Gujarati, Gujarati Indian descent. Okay. And the mother. Yeah. Was a uh, was an English actress. Okay. Not seeing anything yet. Um, and this person began to act in stage plays during the 1960s. I have no idea. Okay. And this person <laughs> first earned international fame for their performance in the drama movie Gandhi. <gasps> Was he Gandhi? Did he play the role Gandhi? I can't say anything more at the moment. Oh. So some other films, this might help you get across the line. Um, this person won a BAFTA at the LA Britannia Award for Worldwide Contribution to Filmed Entertainment. Do you know what? I probably know who he is. I just don't know his name. <laughs> this person has been in films such as Schindler's List, mm-hmm. The Tale of Sweeney Todd, and Frank. This is killing me. Sexy Beast. I think I actually know who it is, but I just don't know their name. Can't know the, you don't know their name. No. And in 2002, this person was appointed the Knight Bachelor of the Order of the British Empire in the Queen's New Year's... New Year's honours for his services to drama. Oh, my God. I feel so dumb right now. Do you want to draw a picture? <laughs> <laughs> is that going to help? Is this Pictionary now? <laughs> Maybe that'll help. I don't know. Oh, but Adam, just tell me who it is because I don't think I'll be able to guess it at all. Name begins with a B. 
Bono. <laughs> I know that he's Irish. Bono, you muppet. <laughs> and then the surname begins with a K. I don't know. Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Oh my god, that sounds so familiar. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to Google him now. You know who he is. I do know he who played he is. Gandhi. Yeah, because I've watched Gandhi. Good. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad that was almost <laughs> as painful as the Dummy M episode. I feel so sorry for our listeners who have to listen <laughs> to me going, I don't know, and everyone's screaming, "It's Dummy! It's Ben Kingsley! Just get it, Madam Chan!" <laughs> I know you should have got it when it got to the um. The, the film list. Yeah. You almost uh, had it. You had him in Gandhi. In Gandhi, yeah, because I've, I've, I've seen Gandhi. Yeah. Yeah. And Shame. like, I, I can visualize it, but I just don't remember people's names. Should have drawn a picture. Yeah, I know. Mr. Squiggle. All right, what have, what have you got for me? Well, okay, I'm going to do it a, a, a bit differently. Okay. So I'm going to give it to you in two ways. Okay, so this is going to be like um, blockade one and blockade two. So blockade one. Pictionary. Uh, is that almost, first, first word? Almost like Pictionary. Sounds like? <laughs> Sounds like. Okay. So I'm going to... First of all, you got you to gotta tell me which boy band these guys are. And then I'll tell you some facts. Okay. Just so you, just to make this clear up front, I'm really crap with celebrities. Good, because you made me look like an idiot before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. All right. So there are four of us in yeah. this gang. Yeah. Right. And... Um, Am I allowed to ask questions or just have to keep going with it? Actually, you can ask questions and I'll say yes or no and then see where we go. Nationality? Uh, Australian. Backstreet Boys? No. They're not Australian, are they? They're UK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was stupid. Um, okay, keep going. Okay. Four band members. Four band members. The Wiggles. <laughs> Doesn't have five band members. I don't know. And they're, they're all, all boys. Skitties. Yeah. Okay, they've got great beards. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, and... Um, is there something Asian-ish about this band? Oh, yeah, that, that's something Asian-ish about this band. Absolutely. Okay. But indirectly. A lot of Asian, lot of Asian people struggle with the whole beard That thing, was my right? clue. Indirectly. One of them must have an Asian girlfriend or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, they all came from large families during okay. a period where people didn't have contraception. They might be Catholic. Mm, or Catholic, yeah. That too. They were very well known for riding horses. It's not Michael Borden. No, I was thinking Daryl Braithwaite. Like, <laughs> you'll be riding <laughs> on the... He's straight. Pop classic. <laughs> but there's four of them. Four? Yeah. Okay. Here's another clue. Um, Famous for riding horses. Mm. Boy band. Four of them. Mm. Australian. Mm. Yep. And they were notorious with the police. And when I mean by boy band, I don't actually mean an actual boy band. It could be indirect as well. That's weird. The Kelly Gang? Yes! Oh my God, he got it! (laughs) But how? Okay, so uh, Ned Kelly knew some Cantonese. During that era, because that's when uh, the Chinese... Oh, the gold rush The gold thing. rush period, right. yes, yes. But their fluent Cantonese speaker, who's part of the gang, the boy band gang... Really? Yeah, is... Um, I can't pronounce his name, his surname properly, but Joe Byron, B-Y-R-N-E. Yeah. Yeah. So he, when he was younger, he grew up uh, with a bunch of, uh, like... Chinese people. So they robbed the gold prospectors as well, and maybe he was the translator? Maybe he was a translator, exactly. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so because of Joe, um, they were able to communicate with the Chinese, the, the English speaking, and I'm not sure about the Aboriginals, but <laughs> <laughs> they, need, they needed an extra member. Yeah, exactly. He was still in training. Exactly. So Kelly and his gang knew how to speak Cantonese. Cantonese. There you that's go. the Asian that is interesting. connection. That is pretty interesting. How'd you like that, hey? I like that one. Cool. Yeah, it was hard, but yeah, I liked it. You got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, famous for riding horses. I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> was it that big tears? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's all I've got for today. <laughs> that's cool. Excellent. So let's end it with maybe a song. What are you listening to these days? What a classic. <laughs> it's like the end of the night, like pub classic. What am I listening to right now? Apart from Captain Bagrat. Oh, yeah. There's nothing better than that. Um, I've been into a few more podcasts lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so 7am, which is produced by um, the producers of um, the, the monthly and the Saturday paper, yep. which is pretty good. But it always makes me pissed off because it's usually about <laughs> politics or something like that. And it's like something stupid that the Australian government's done. You need something lighthearted or like whatever. this. I do, yeah, I do need something lighthearted. Like I need more, more bag rat, less politics. That's right. Well, I've been listening to music instead. Uh-huh. I've been listening to uh, sort of soft uh, techno cloud. It's if a I type lessons, in soft lessons EDM. of harmony. There are playlists called soft e- EDM. Soft EDM. So it does exist. I'm not making this up. <laughs> is, it a ba- is that the band name? No, that's not the band name. But it's, I think, the genre of music, which is like a soft EDM house music. Um, yeah. Yeah. So my favorite at the moment is um, it, it's the, the whole series is called Lesson of Harmony. So it's got like one to 10 or 11. And it's by Nicholas is a Ebuck? Ebuck? It must be German. Uh huh. So that's what I've been listening to while I get my work done and nice. concentrate. I'll have to try that. Yeah. Excellent, Adam. Well, All right. Another day done in Thanks, downtown Chinatown. Bag right out. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce, and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid.